season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. To the JKR podcast. Today we have Nevada native 2026 Texas AM baseball commit Andrew Giles on the podcast. Andrew, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Glad, glad to have you on the podcast. I'm glad you reached out through Instagram there a couple of days ago. Um, so whenever I have a, a guy who's committed to a power five school, I like to oh, whenever they give me a follow back, I'll always screenshot their profile and put it into like a just like a, a um, folder in my photos. So that way I want to reach out to him at some point, but the schedule's just so jam packed right now, having four to five guys a week. Um, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle, but no, I'm glad you reached out. Glad to find Glad to have you on the podcast. I know at some point I was going to at some point, but um, no, glad to have you here. Um, but before we get started into digging into some of the baseball stuff, uh, let's just go ahead. Uh, I have one question I'd like to go ahead and ask everybody, which is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Andrew? Uh, I'm Andrew Giles, class of 26, freshman, outfielder, pitcher. I committed to Texas A&M recently, and I'm more than just a baseball player. I'm normal high school kid. I like to do kid stuff, but I try to keep it professional as I can when it comes to baseball. Okay. When you say more than baseball, what do you mean by that? So what are some things you like to do when you're not on that baseball field? Um, I like to hang out with my girlfriend, my friends, just kind of play video games, like just do normal kid stuff. Like I like to go like not do stupid stuff, but like I like to go have fun with my friends while keeping it appropriate. Okay. So digging into the baseball side of things, let's move into travel ball kind of started off. Um, I see on perfect game. The last team you played for was the, was the SN tribe. I've also seen that you played for the ZT Canes. So can I take us through what your travel ball career has been like so far and what program you've kind of played with the most? So travel, like big travel ball, I've played mainly with it's pretty much the same team, just changed names over two summers. It was Texas Canes, and then last summer it was ZT Canes. And that's just the one major team that I've played with in summer. But, like, in town, SN Tribe is, like, the feeder team for my high school. So, it's, like, the fall team. Okay. So, playing for the ZT Canes down there in Texas, I know they have teams located in Cali, Texas, a couple other states. But with you being in Nevada, why did you choose to play for that Texas-based team of the ZT Canes? Well, let's be honest. They were good. They were just really good. They reached reached out to me. I played one one tournament with another team, I did real well. They reached out to me, and, and it's kind of hard to turn it down because when they reached out to me, they were coming off. It was like 101-0 and season or something like that. They were just the best there is, and it's kind of hard to turn that down. Yeah. So how, how would you compare uh, just the way the ZT Canes was ran compared to the SN Tribe that you said is more of a feeder uh, travel ball program for your high school? Well, ZT Canes, it was kind of just you show up and play. But SN Tribe, that's like you practice. We practice five days a week, 2 to 5.30. Like that team grinds. That team is set up getting us ready for the high school season in the spring. So for so can, so SN Tribe, that is – is that like a middle school program for high school or do they still have high school um, age teams as well? They still have – so they have all the way right now, the youngest team is 13U, and then they have all the way up to vars- the varsity team, which I'm on. So it's bas- it's basically the high school team, but it's what we play in as fall, as fall because we're not allowed to go under the high school during fall. We're not allowed to play under the high school name. Okay. So when you are playing for that ZT Canes and you said it's kind of just you show up and play, kind of like one of those national teams uh, that just has continuously commits 
um, on that, on those teams. What's that like building relationships with some players that you're playing with kind of because you're not really hanging out with them besides just showing up on the weekends or showing up throughout a week somewhere, uh, potentially Atlanta, Hoover, wherever, and you're kind of just playing ball. Like, is it, do you find a challenge to kind of build relationships that way or is it still somewhat easy? Cause you all kind of have a similar goal in mind. Well, it, it depends on the guy. Some guys are super easy, like to connect with. Like I've met some of my best friends through playing with them. And one thing I really like is we all stay in the same hotel always. So we're always in the same hotel. We'll always all hang out. And for the most part, we all get along. Like, there wasn't really any, like, cancers in the dugout where it's like, oh, this guy just sits in the corner. Or it's not like there was little groups in the dugout. We were all, like, one team together, and we all got along really well. Yeah. So did you see some sort of, like, did you see a big jump when it came to the competition level uh, this past summer, considering it's kind of like that summer before you guys head into high school um, compared to when you were um, just a couple years ago when you weren't heading into your freshman year? Dude, it was it was crazy. Like, the amount of guys that, like, all the – now they're freshmen, but there was probably five guys 90-91 last summer. Like, that's nuts. Like, dudes were, like, in their eighth-grade summer throwing 88-89, and it's just mind-blowing. Yeah, that's – it's so crazy how – uh how quickly some of the young prospects going to power five schools uh, can get up to 90 mile an hour so quickly, so young. Um, I mean, I mean, I see videos by all American prospects all the time where um, it's like, Oh, this, this 14 year old throwing 92. And it's just crazy to think about, especially from the area I'm from where we don't see baseball talent like that. Uh, But no. So what's your relationship like with uh, the SN tribe coach or the, just the coaching staff in general for the tribe and what your relationships like for, um, with the coaching staff for the ZT Canes? My relationship with the coaches is really with tribe. It's really close because I've played with them ever since I was in like sixth grade. So I've come up, I know the program really well. The coaches, like the whole reason I go to basic where I am now is because of the coaching staff. Like some people might not like what they do, but at the end of the day, they know how to win games and they know what they're doing. And that's what I'm there to do is win baseball games. But with ZT Canes, super close. Not super close, but we're close. Talk to them here and there. We all, like, joke around, all that stuff. We'll all go to dinner together. It's just a different atmosphere because, like, you fly in, you're in the hotel, you play. But then as with the SN Tribe, it's I see them five days a week. Like, I barely have time off, you know? Yeah. So this so this fall was mostly playing with the SN Tribe or was it the ZT Canes you were playing with? ZT Canes, I played with them all summer, but now fall I'm focused on SN Tribe and building, getting ready for the high school season. Okay. So a lot of the players you'll be playing with here this upcoming spring play on that SN Tribe team then? All of them. The entire – the entire SN Tribe team, it's literally just our high school team. Okay. So, so that's super – like, you get to build relationships there. So is it the same coaching yeah, staff? you get to build relationships. Yeah. Okay. And then what were you saying? Sorry, you kind of cut out for a second, so. Yeah. Get to build relationships with all those guys. Like, no, get used to the coaches, all the transfers, the freshmen. Get used to the coaches, build relationships with the team you kind of like the team will get like super close and then that feeds into spring where it actually matters. And then the team's super close, you know, the coaches, the coaches know how you play all that type of stuff. So this upcoming, so you got three summers left of travel ball is the plan to stick with the ZT Canes uh, when it comes to traveling um, across the country in the summertime, or do you plan it on potentially going and trying out for another team or what exactly is your plan there as you head into these next three uh, summer ball seasons? Well, this upcoming summer, my plan is I'm going to play with the Padres scout team this summer. So that'll, that'll be fun. Coached by Cameron Mabin. And I mean, he's a, he was a big leaguer. I mean, that's just great. And then it's run by the Padres. So you get all like full Nike uniforms, like, they're treating us like a big league team. So that's super cool. I'm excited for that. So how did you get connected with the, that Padre scout team? Um, well, they 
watched me play a couple times this summer. Then one of a couple of our teammates played with them in one of the tournaments. And I guess someone said something about me. So they reached out a couple weeks ago. My dad and the coach had been talking and I had been talking to them. And we just decided that's what would be best for me in this upcoming summer. Okay. So with Cameron Mabin as your coach there for that Padre scout team, uh, what are you looking forward to most uh, just in terms of playing underneath him, playing for that Padre scout team, and just maybe some things that you're trying to pick his brain uh, once you kind of get to meet him in person and play underneath him? What I'm looking forward to most is, like, right now, I'd probably say defense is one of my lacks. And as an outfielder and him being an outfielder in the big leagues for so long, it'll be really – I'm really excited to be able to pick his brains because not only was he a big league outfielder for so long, he wasn't a big league outfielder because he could rake. He was, like, a lockdown center fielder. And, like, it'll be super fun to pick his brains and see what he has for me. Okay. So playing up with against his top tier talent, I'm sure you're playing up against guys who are um, committed to power five schools, just like yourself. Like you said, facing guys who are 90, 91 as incoming freshmen. Uh, so if you had to pick maybe the toughest pitcher that you faced so far in your career, who would that pitcher be in your mind? Ooh, I don't know. Um, just recently playing with tribe, I saw a UCLA commit. He was, Probably, I think it was 91-93. He had nasty changeup, nasty slider. He could throw it all for a strike whenever. I I couldn't tell you his name, but I would probably say as of right now, he'd have to be the nastiest guy I've ever faced. Okay. So moving back into that Padre scout team uh, just a little bit before we kind of dig into high school. Um, so when you so when you go ahead and you start wearing those Padres uniforms this upcoming summer, do you think that's going to put an extra target on your back? Um, just in terms of walking around different facilities, um, do you think that's going to put an extra target on your back? I wouldn't quite – I mean, it could go as a target, but it's just a bunch of publicity because all the stuff they do with youth prospects and all that stuff, it's just such, like, a big-name group that and, like, everybody will know you that, like, I guess it could be considered a target, but, like, just at the end of the day, everybody knows you. Everybody sees you play. They'll come out to watch you play. But, I mean, some people might not like you, what you do. So, I guess that could be posed as a target. Yeah. So, play, so playing travel ball in the West Coast um, there in Nevada, oh, I guess you played for the ZT Canes, which is a Texas-based team. Uh, but when you're in, like, those that part of the country, what are some of the bigger tournaments that you're going to? Because I know uh, when I'm talking to guys from the East Coast, they're always heading down to Atlanta to go to Lake Point, go to East Cobb, um, Hoover as well. Um, so, what are some of the big locations that you've been at so far in your career? The biggest problem, I'm going to have to say East Cobb played there last summer. And then Boomba in Stanford, that's huge. Played there a couple times. I played the spring training facilities down in Florida. And then there's Hoover, the Metplex is huge. Me personally, I've never played at Lake Point, which I'm kind of bummed about. But my all-time favorite facility I've ever played at would have to be the National Training Complex in North Carolina for Team USA. Okay, I've heard I've heard that is I heard that is a um, crazy facility they have there in, in North Carolina. Um, but so take us through what that was playing for Team USA. I know you and a couple of your teammates for the Wolves uh, played for Team USA. So what exactly was that, um, and what was that experience like? Well, I, me personally, I haven't played for Team USA yet, like the official national team. But this summer, I did the um, ADP. It's the Athlete Development Program. It was a week where we go, we practice in the morning, you eat lunch, and then you play a game. And just a week around the coaching staff that was there, the players that were there, it was, one, super fun too super good for my development the fact that we would go run drills in the morning and then you get like a full big league warm-up you hit bp take in and out and then you play it was and then the fields there are crazy like nicest my in my opinion nicest complex in the country and when you were doing so i'm going to take that's kind of basically like pdp that you see all the seniors doing just for some of you underclassmen yeah um, so was it mostly guys? Yeah, that who... was. Go ahead. 
It was so that it was the thirteen you fourteen you. So it was all two thousand eight birthdays and two thousand nine birthdays. So it was, there was like a couple sixth graders there, seventh graders, eighth graders, and incoming freshmen. And it was just the talent there was unreal. Like one of the one of the big names that was there, Chase Corey Fuller. You probably saw him on. All American, like touch ninety one, like dudes in eighth grade, like a bunch of guys with super bright futures. So you said there's a couple sixth graders there. Did you, like being being one of the older guys there, did you have to face some sixth graders and seventh graders as well, or did they kind of separate you guys once you got there? Um, well, there was four teams and they just spread out everything evenly, but the sixth graders they were like they were all defensive guys, like. I think there was, I think there was only two, maybe, yeah, one or two. One of them was Jacob Gray, second baseman, shortstop, super and like his swing is super advanced, defensively super advanced. You would never have been able to tell he was in sixth grade then. So when you when you're in an event like that, what do you think is the most valuable information or just the valuable most valuable experience you get from the ADP, uh, just in terms of just helping out your baseball career these next couple of years? Well, the most va- – it's all valuable. Just the guys we were around there, we had Troy um, Eric Borba from Orange Lutheran, and just a bunch of other top-notch. There was, like, Mississippi State's pitching coach was there. Um, like, just – there were scouts all over the place, coaches who knew what they were doing all over the place, and just guys that, like, you could genuinely learn anything from. Like if they they those guys could have taught me how to mow a lawn and I would have like done everything they said. Yeah. So uh, so when you're uh when you're around guys like Troy Tulowitzki and some other guys that you mentioned, the Mississippi State pitching coach, uh, what are some different ways that you go about picking their brain? And then I'm sure I mean there's some nerves going on in your body as well, kind of being in front of all those scouts. Um. So kind of how do you go about kind of blocking that, uh, just blocking that and kind of still going about your game the right way. Well, I kind of just think of them as normal guys that I'm having a normal conversation with. I don't like to think like, oh, my God, that's Troy Tulowitzki. I watched him all while I was growing up. I just kind of like to think, all right, he's a normal guy. Like I had like I remember I talked to him. We were signing baseball cards for some the we got our own baseball card and we were signing for it. And I remember like we would talk to him because I talked to him because I guess he lived in Vegas a little bit. So I just talked to him about Vegas and had like a normal conversation with him. But like guys like that are so chill. You would never know he's a big leaguer, but I would just do my best to pick his brains. Like think anything that would affect me and like kind of just pay attention to it. Okay. So what was that? What was that like signing your own baseball card for the first time? Oh my God. It sucked so bad. (laughs) There was, so we had to sign 1100 little squares but, I mean, at the end of the day, it's so cool. Like, getting my own baseball card already, we had to do the headshots and the different poses and then signing it. But it was just a super cool experience because they made us sign 1,100 little stickers, but then they took us to Dave and Buster's afterwards, and we had a great time. <laughs> All right. So, uh, move, moving away from that a little bit, let's kind of dig into the Wolves Baseball Academy. You're a freshman there, uh, going to be playing your first spring this upcoming spring. Uh, so kind of take us through, uh, you said the SN Tribe, since they are kind of the same team in a way, uh, you said that they were kind of the reason that they, you got connected with them. Uh, so just take us through Wolves Baseball Academy and what you're looking forward to uh, most this upcoming spring for your freshman year. Most most importantly, I'm looking forward to playing with my teammates. Like, we got dudes all over the place. We got Cooper Chef, Oregon Signee just rakes Ben Smith the GCU signee he's six seven lefty throws like sidearm he's up to 92 or 93 I believe and then there's Ty South committed to Tennessee the craziest defensive shortstop I've ever seen in my life then there's his twin brother T South who just the other day committed to USC as a pitcher he's gross he's 91 92 with lot like every pitch you can imagine 
But then all still in that family, there's Tate and Troy Southesine. And then Tate's a sophomore now. Troy's a freshman. I played with Troy this summer. But that whole family is just fun to play with. But then other than that, Koa Wan, he's committed to Hawaii. He's the craziest defensive catcher I've ever seen in my life. But the coaching staff is just unreal. Scott Baker, his son Ty Baker, they know how to run a program, and they do it really, really well. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, as I was looking through their their website, their Instagram profile, I mean, it looks like they have tons of guys playing in college now, tons of guys who are getting drafted. And like you said, that South Asian family, um, I saw a couple other names as well who were committed to um, Power 5 schools who are continuously going to the College World Series or just competing at that top level. Um, so what do you think that Baker family has done um, just day by – just with day-to-day operations, just coaching you guys that has led to their success? Well, I think they've, they've done so much. Like they, they eat, breathe, sleep baseball for us. Like at the end of the day, they just want us to be successful. And like, like I said earlier, some guys might not like their training ways or like their ways about doing things. But at the end of the day, like you gotta, at some point you gotta realize all right, they win so many baseball games for a reason. They know what they're doing. Got to believe in it. Got to buy into it, as they say. So, I mean, they do so much for us. Okay. So when they are coaching underneath the SN Tribe name, um, do they have – that's kind of works the same in terms of uh, var- like a varsity level where you're playing um, with those guys who are already signed to certain colleges. Um, it works the same way as high school? Yeah. So we have it right now. We have it split gold and silver and gold's varsity, silver's JV, but we all practice together. So all the, like the young incoming freshmen who are on JV are around all the seniors like Cooper, who's signed to Oregon. And so they're our seniors right now are super good about leading the team and like being good to the young guys and like, kind of like playing like the captain or like the mentor role. So when you're playing for SN Tribe in the fall, like how long is that schedule? So, I mean, I'm in the Midwest where, I mean, it starts getting cold in October. Baseball's kind of August moved inside for the winter. In Nevada, since it's a little bit warmer, like how how far into the winter time are you guys playing as a team? Well, we play, we play all year round for the most part, but we're getting ready to – we shut down for – Three, four weeks in December, we're getting ready to do that. I think we shut down December 12th through January like 8th or something like that. So that's our that's like our shutdown period. Okay. And is that kind of when it transitions to S from SN Tribe to Wolves Baseball Academy? Or how exactly does that work? When do you when do you guys switch to Wolves Baseball Academy instead of SN Tribe? So we switch we switch over and like late February, early March, because that's when the school, because the school has to run tryouts and stuff like that. That's when they start doing tryouts. And that's when we start like really getting into the basic academy like phase. Okay. So are you generally playing other, so in the fall, when you're playing for SN Tribe, are you generally playing for, I mean, are you generally playing against other high schools? Like do other high schools have similar programs? to where they run their fall ball program underneath a different name? Or how does that work? And I, I know I'm asking a lot of questions about the tribe just because, I mean, I'm not from Nevada, so this is kind of like mm-hmm. a whole new system for me. So I'm kind of just curious on how this works. So we'll run through. It's called SN Preps, and his name's Robert. He'll get teams from California, Arizona, Utah, and we all meet up and we all play like – we'll play like a weekend series against each other. Like, just recently, we played St. John Bosco in Vegas. And then we played we, – like, we've played a couple of other big schools from California. We played Hamilton from Arizona. And just all around other high school teams who are run – like, their program is run similarly. We all, like, will clash up and play weekends against each other. Okay. So as you head into your freshman spring, just in your mind right now, what is that outlook in terms of playing time? Like I know you said you're on varsity, but what does that look like? Who are some of the guys you're competing against? 
Because, I mean, even though you are a great ball player for your age group, like how hard is it for a, a top-tier freshman to make a varsity team and play quite a bit in Nevada? I mean, like, at the end of the day, you still have to grind because even those seniors who aren't considered very good, they're just bigger than you, stronger than you, faster, like, type stuff like that. So you still have to grind no matter who you're with, who you're against. But luckily, I got I got a little lucky. So our our starting center fielder last year, his name was Mason Neville. He's at Arkansas now. He uh he graduated. So I kind of came into an open spot, and I just kind of have to fight for that spot. Okay. So I know you said you're not playing many teams yet in the fall uh, when it comes to actual other teams in Nevada. But, I mean, Nevada's been a pretty good baseball state these past, I mean, I don't know, 10, 15 years. I mean, you look at – that trio of Harper, Bryant, Gallo, um, I'm sure, I mean, that's pretty huge for you guys in Nevada, um, just to look up to those guys. Uh, but what is that competition level like in Nevada? Like when it does come time for the spring, like how many other power five, how many other teams are you going to be playing with power five commits? Or like, how does, how does that look in terms of competition level wise in Nevada? The competition, it's, like people don't think about it, but they're good. Like Nevada's good. Vegas is good. Like we we breed big leaguers and like Bryson Stott recently came out. Like we have guys coming out of Vegas like it's crazy. But the high school competition right now, there's two main teams that are like you know they're gonna be good every year. It's basic and Bishop Gorman. But then there's other teams that will come out of nowhere and they'll pop a guy out or two. Like there's power five commits just scattered all over town but then you got to remember up north in reno there's guys coming out like last year they had robbie snelling he was committed to lsu and then he actually ended up getting drafted by the padres i believe and went with them so there's just talent all over the place so i know you're listed as henderson nevada so is that close to las vegas is that kind of a suburb or how close to you how close are you to vegas well, it, it's it's called Henderson, but, like, Vegas is, like, just the city. It's not that big of a city where, like, the suburb is, like, an hour away. Like, I think of Vegas, Las Vegas, I think of, like, the Strip and all that type of stuff. So, I'm, like, 15 minutes from the Strip. It's all super, super close. Okay. So, is there a big push right now, big uh, big push right now for a, a major league team there with all, you, with all you residents in Las Vegas? I know as an outsider, I know Nashville, Las Vegas is probably the two teams that Major League Baseball is most likely going to go to next. Um, so, is there some excitement there for you guys? I love it. Like, right now, we have a AAA team, the Aviators. They are the A's affiliate. But Vegas is making a push to get the A's to come in. So I would I would love that. Like right now we have hockey, women's basketball, and then the Raiders. But I would me personally as a sports fan, I would love all the pros like to have one of all the sports, like a pro sports team be here. Yeah. Which I feel like in the next 10, 10 to twelve years, I feel like that's probably a possibility, especially uh with um the arena that the uh Las the Las Vegas uh Knights the hockey team play at. I mean, I, I heard rumors that they had a whole basketball facility already built when they built that arena. I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm from the Midwest. Those are just rumors I hear. Uh, but no, I, I mean, I'm sure within the next 10, 12 years, that's going to be, that'll be a thing. But what was that like having the Raiders move to town a couple years ago? Well, I think it's really cool, but my whole family, they're all Raiders fans. So they were all pumped about it. Me personally, I'm a Packers fan. So I didn't, I wasn't, too crazy about it but like I think it's just cool to have pro sports teams here Vegas being recognized as a sports city I think that's just really cool for the whole city yeah so for you as you as a as a high school kid uh what are some of the what are some things to do in Henderson or even Vegas obviously because Vegas is known as like the town where people go and they're up till 7 a.m like do gambling and go to the strip club or drinking whatever it is like for high school kids like what what's vegas like like what are some cool things to do outside of the strip well there's if you think about it there's really not much there's like trampoline parks here and there there's two water parks uh but mostly people will just like 
drive around like a big like party thing is bonfires like they'll go into the desert and they'll just burn a bunch of stuff and that's what kids do to have fun but mostly you just like go to your friend's house and hang out or like you'll go hang out at a park or something like that okay so the the deserts the desert's pretty close to the city is it not like i've never been to vegas i'm actually planning on going there for my 21st birthday here in a couple weeks but um, from what i've seen pictures i've seen uh, Vegas in the movies like it looks like it's like all desert and all of a sudden it's just like a city in the middle is that kind of what it is yeah so it's the city it's just surrounded by a straight desert and there's probably nothing for hour and a half two hours like every way so it's just like it's like a bunch of desert and then boom a big old city man that's I mean that's that's kind of cool. I'm I'm looking for I'm looking forward just to kind of see that that fly in to see what it looks like just a city in the middle of nowhere. But mm-hmm. uh, let's let's kind of move into the recruiting process a little bit. Like I said earlier, you are a 2026 commit to Texas A&M. Um, you're probably, you're going to be like the fifth, sixth Texas A&M guy I've had on the podcast. Um, so I'm definitely going to be a an A&M fan here in a couple of years. Uh, but no, let's dig into the recruiting process and kind of how that all got started for you and how you ended up at A&M. Kind of take us through that a little bit. Well, I'm going to start by saying this. Before summer started, I thought to myself, I was looking stuff up, and I came up with four schools that if they offered, boom, like that's I was committing. And A&M happened to be one of those schools. But it all started um, – it was it was Hoover, actually, I'm pretty sure. Uh, our coach got with one of their coaches, I'm pretty sure, and he came out watched us play as a team like not me in specific I did pretty well and then they reached out to my coach asked me to come out to a camp I went out to the camp I did pretty well and then after that we had a couple conversations they offered me and then it's all history from there okay so were they the first um, power five school to kind of start talking to you or were there some other schools in the mix as well before A&M reached out no, they were they were the first big one that I can yeah, they were the first big one. But it's like such like a big school and they're like they're good and like you're not gonna turn the offer down. Yeah. So what what was that initial conversation like with that coaching staff? Obviously in your head you're knowing, okay, well if they do offer me here, I'm I'm gonna be committed because they're one of my one of my premier schools I wanna go to. Uh just what was that initial conversation like with, with their coaching staff? Well, I remember, so I'm, I was in my room at the time and my, I hear my dad walking up the stairs. He ha- says, Andrew, get in here. And he, um, he shows me a text from my summer coach and he, the text says, have Andrew call this number. It's coach Kane, the recruiting coordinator from Texas A&M. And like instantly, like I like got all excited, like adrenaline started pumping so I, I call him and he we just talked. We talked for like 45 minutes just about how summer went, how at this point it was probably late August. So it was, he was talking like how the beginning of my freshman year was going and just like normal conversations, like nothing. It wasn't all super baseball based. We just had like a normal talk about how freshman year is going and all that stuff. So you did. So you did say. I mean, you did commit there right away. Um, how long was it after that phone call that you decided, okay, this is the place I'm going? Well, that first phone call wasn't when I got offered. So, I the phone call where I got offered, I committed right after. Like I committed to them. I didn't post it yet, but it was like the weekend of September 11th, I went out there, went to a football game, went to the camp, talked to the coaching staff. And like, when I got there, it immediately felt like home. Like the whole, it's called college station. It's like its own little city built around the college. And it's like, at the end of the day, you have to think about yourself living there for three to four years. And like the first real years of your life, once after you turn 18, you're out of the house living by yourself. That's like the four most important years, like as an adult, like maturing. So I really could see myself there three to four years after high school. And then the coaching staff, they just treat, they treated me like I was one of the players when I was there. 
like just the conversations we had and on the flip on the plus side all of the facilities are gonna they're getting like i think it's like 65 million dollars of renovations and it'll all be done 2025 so when i get there it'll be all brand new so that's just super cool so how long was that in between the time of that first phone call with texas a&m uh to when they got you on campus and gave you that official offer so it was probably it was probably around a month i think it was like three three weeks to a month so it was like super super anticipated because before i got there they had told my coach that they wanted to offer me but they just wanted to see me in person first so i was like super anxious to get out there to do my like just play like myself but at the same time i was super nervous about it because like what if i get out there and like they don't I'm not what they think I am. They don't want to offer me anymore. So it was just kind of like anxious, like nervous, but excited at the same time. Okay. So take us through that weekend you were at Texas A&M where you went to the camp, got to see different things on campus. Um, Just what were some things that you really enjoyed about that entire weekend or maybe even some things that surprised you as well? Um, What surprised me is that they lost to Appalachian State. Um, but I got there, so I get there Friday and every time me and my dad go to Houston, we always eat at this one barbecue place. It's called the rib tickler. Like we get there, we eat that. Then we drive out to college station. We're going around just looking at the campus on our own. But then Saturday comes around, we go out, we go to all the tailgates, go to the football game and like worst comes to worst happens they lose to Appalachian State but even though they lost it was still like so much fun like there was probably 80,000 people there and it was it wasn't even a big game like L- like against LSU last night there was like 100 100 something thousand people there like that's just crazy to me that that many people will show up to a college game but then Sundays when the camp was so I show up, we get our shirts, we sign in, whatever. Then they let us, we do like a little self tour around like the clubhouse and all that stuff around there. So we go through all that, do that. And then we do all the workouts and then we have like a little snack and then we play like, it was, um, well, we did a machine pitch scrimmage game. So we did that. And then after that, they took us over, we toured the nutrition center we toured the uh edu- like the student like the education whatever what i don't know what it's called exactly but it's like the athlete like yeah like the, the, books, the like like the study hall area or whatever it is yeah but then after that they took us and we went through Kyle we went into Kyle Field which is like one of the nicest college football stadiums in the country so that was just super cool getting to do all that all that in one weekend but then ending up committing was just so made it all so much better yeah so in between that time from that initial phone call um to the time that you actually did go on that visit were there some other schools that were reaching out as well or for the most part was it solely texas a&m and kind of that's where your mind was at for that for that three four weeks that I know of, there wasn't really any other schools. I was just, I if there was, I didn't really pay attention to it because I was so set on Texas A&M and like that being where I wanted to be and like wanting to go there and see how it is in person, if it's as nice as it looks on camera and all that stuff. And it was everything I expected and some. So that just makes it so much better. So you said before you started that recruiting process, you made a list of four teams. One of those four teams were to offer you, you would kind of commit there on the spot. Texas A&M was one of those schools. So when they reached out, uh, gave you that offer, um, you decided to go there. So when you were creating that list before that recruiting process, what went into that? What, like what was going through your mind and kind of what went into creating that list of four teams? Well, it all, of course, it all depended on the baseball program. How's the baseball program? How's the coaching staff? What's their philosophy on like how they go about things? But then campus and then other sports was 
oddly like a big one for me. Like, how are there other sports? Are there other sports good? But mostly just baseball program. And could I see myself living for there for three to four years? So let's say, let's go ahead and kind of give you a situation where what two of those four teams, let's say AM and one of those other four teams, um, do you want to tell us what those other three teams were or do you want to keep that quiet? So the other three, it was the four, the whole list of the four was Texas A&M, LSU, Arkansas, and Tennessee. Okay. So, so give, that was my four. Okay. So give me a situation here. Let's say A&M and then Tennessee offer you that same day. What what would be some key things you would have to go about comparing those two schools before you decided, okay, I'm going to go commit to this specific school? Um, how many other guys that have committed in my class, like around my position? And then how the coaching staff treats me. That's like a huge thing for me. Because like if the coaching – if I don't really like bond or like connect with the coaching staff right now – I don't see why I would four years from now or whatever. So just how the coaching staff treats me and like stuff like that. Yeah. So you mentioned that, um, well, you are, so you are a 2026 commit and I mean, it, it is normal nowadays to where freshmen, sophomores are committing to different schools. Um, so are you the first Texas A&M commit for that 26 class or there's some other guys who are committed there as well right now? There is, Right, there's like four. I I think there's there's a handful, but it's not like a crazy number. And that I know of, I'm pretty sure I'm the only outfielder committed there in the freshman class. So that's that's I'm as I know, there's one catcher, two infielders. Uh, oh no, three infield, two catchers, three infielders, and then me in the outfield. That's all I know of as of right now. So, do you have any pre-existing? Do you have any relationships with some of those guys right now, or for the most part, are you all, you guys all kind of separate and not really talk to each other yet? Uh, so I played with three of them this summer. They're all on my summer team. One of the other guys, he's from Vegas. Goes to a different high school, though. And then one of the infielders and then one of the catchers, they played with me on ZT Canes this summer. So, I mean, that's that's pretty cool that we played together. And, like, one of them was my throwing partner. So, like, my throwing partner from summer, now we're committed to the same school. I think that's just super cool. Yeah. So, being a younger guy, as you kind of go through these next couple of years, you start heading to some of these uh, cool events in terms of, like, the ADP you were part of other events you're going to go to similar to that. Are you going to go and try to convince some of your buddies to go in A&M? Or are you going to uh, be a recruiter in a way? Oh, of course. Like, I'm all over it. Like, some of my guys, I know that they, like, talk to other schools and they're, like, other, have other schools interested. I'm like, dude, A&M is the place to be. You got to, like, like, some of the guys that you know are really good, they're uncommitted, they're open-minded still. You got to try and – persuade them to A&M a little bit yeah and from looking at that PBR Nevada top 10 it looks like there's two other guys in the top 10 who aren't committed right now from oh sorry from from uh from Wolves Baseball Academy Troy South the scene he's one of the South the scenes and then Lyndon Lee I think he's one of the most underrated players in the country super smooth defensively super short compact swing and he rakes yeah so I think those are two guys that need a little bit more recognition than they get. Yeah. So you mentioned that your relationship with that AM coaching staff was pretty solid before you committed. Uh, but now that you've been committed for a little bit, uh, what's, what's your relationship been like with the AM coaching staff and how has it evolved um, since you've committed? Um, I mean, we're just, just as close as where we were before. I've called him a couple of times. I'm actually about to call him here in the next couple of days because I found out when I'm going to come out, like what series I'm going to come out to. I'm trying to go out to uh, the LSU home series. They play three-game weekend series against LSU. So I'm going to call them say, me and my family, we're coming out to that. We'll try and get some of the other Vegas kids to come out. And just stuff like just normal conversations here and there. Yeah. 
that's what I mean. That's always good to have. I mean, good relationships with coaches is the success to is the key to to winning. Uh, but let's transition a little bit. Let's kind of dig into um, yourself on the field. So I know before we started recording, we discussed this, but you are listed as an outfielder, first baseman, any pitcher. Um, so in your mind, kind of what what do you think the plan is in the future as you go ahead and go play in College Station, go play some, go play pro ball potentially as well. Um, what do you think that plan is when it comes to position wise? Um, as of right now, I have no idea before, like recently I was thinking like it's all outfield, but then I bit, I pitched a couple of times recently and I was like, whoa, that that was kind of good. So I might have to start rethinking this, but anything could happen. Like me personally, I want to go play the outfield everywhere. I want to go to A&M and play the outfield. I want to go play pro ball and play the outfield, but I might get to the point where I'm a better pitcher than I am outfielder. And at the end, I'll do anything I can to stay on the field where I want to be, you know? Yeah. So at this point with you still being a two-way player, pitching and playing the outfield, how much training do you do for hitting in positional work compared to how much you train for actual pitching? Uh, I don't really do that much for pitching. I, I throw – so I'll throw my normal one bullpen. I throw – almost every Wednesday, but I'll, every time I play catch, I'll always end with I'll throw some change-ups and then I'll throw some sliders and then end with a fastball. So just little stuff like that. As when it comes to hitting, I I do so much off the field when it comes to hitting. Like I'll hit in the cages after practice or like I'll hit at my house and like the pop-up net or just or like I'll go to the cages with my buddies or something like that. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's dig into your hitting approach a little bit. Um, so take us through uh, what's going through your mind. You're on the on deck circle. You're watching the guy in front of you, uh, and then you start walking up to the batter's box. Uh, just what's going through your mind, and uh, what are you trying to do with each at bat? So my I try and make every at bat a quality at bat. I try and make it three to four pitches, like quality swings, put the barrel on the ball. But more importantly, like, you want to get a hit. Like, you can do all that and, like, you could either get a blue pit or you could barrel up a double in the gap or something like that. But my whole mindset is just put the barrel on the ball and whatever happens, happens. Because you could perfectly square something up and it would be line out to the center fielder or something like that. Yeah. So could you take us dig through a little bit of your hitting mechanics uh, just from that load up all the way to the finish of the follow through uh, kind of take us through your mechanics a little bit. So I start, I'm super tall and then my hands are right above my left shoulder. I got a little like, like pre-swing, like sway going. I'm like twirling my bat around a little bit, but then the pitcher comes set. I kind of slow everything down and I just try just try and get on time to where I can get my foot down and I can get to a good contact position to where my barrel is through the zone a good long while and then I can extend through and then stay through a ball. Okay, perfect. Um, so I know you mentioned earlier that you, um, when you're going to be coached under Cameron Maben, uh, maybe some of the things you're going to be asking him is kind of getting better at, at playing the defense in the outfield. Uh, so besides that, what do you think would be some of the biggest weaknesses you're wanting to fix these next two to three years before you head to College Station? Uh, my biggest, my biggest weakness that I would like is speed. Like I'm not, I'm not slow, but I'm certainly not fast so I'd like I'd like to be a little quicker like a little more agile but I'd like I'd also like defensively like I have a good arm I can catch the ball but I just like read like sometimes I get like an iffy read and it'll cause me to like have to dive for a ball and like I miss it or like something I should catch I like overrun or something like that so just those two things like seeing the ball off the bat in the outfield and, and speed and agility. Okay. All right. So you've been playing for uh, some great programs, playing for the ZT Canes, uh, playing for uh, the Wolves Baseball Academy slash SN Tribe. Uh, so when it comes to just some people who have been influential within your baseball career, if you could go ahead, uh, pick a handful of people, who would be those most influential people in your baseball career so far? 
influential person. But then another one I have to say, Eamon Springall, because when I was younger, I played for his team. He's done so much for me and my family, um, just me as a player. Like, I played for him ever since I was, like, seven to, like, when I was 11 or something like that. But then another one would have to be Lolly Esquivel because he's done so much for me to get me out there, get me exposed, like, have get me out to the competition get coaches to see me, like, just little things like that. But those would probably have to be my top three. Okay. All right, man. So let's dig into just my last couple of questions. We'll go ahead try to try to get this interview done within the next uh, five, five, six minutes just because I got I to gotta hit the road at 8 o'clock. But um, so we mentioned – we talked about earlier before we started recording was that you already have a, a draft advisor slash agent um, who's kind of already doing some stuff for you, already has built a relationship. Um, so when was it that agents and advisors kind of started reaching out to you and how did you build relationships with those guys? It was towards the end. It was the end of the summer, just right around there. Um, my current agent, Rick Vasquez followed me on Instagram. I noticed that one of the guys who graduated from basic last year that I was super close with followed him and Rick followed Mason, his name is. So I texted Mason about it. I was like, hey, is this your agent? He said, yeah. I was like, what do you think about him? Super cool, like super cool environment with him. Got a super close relationship, just stuff like that. So they all started re- – He he's actually the only one that's reached out. But I ended up choosing him because the way – I just like the way like he and his agency that he works for goes about things. They're super like – Everything, it's about you, so we're going to make everything about you and try and get you to be the best in the best spot possible and do everything that's best for you. Like, your interests come first and all that stuff. So I just like that philosophy of it. So before Rick gave you a follow on Instagram, uh, were you thinking about the whole advisor slash agent selection process at all in terms of potentially some key things you'd be looking for when some people would start reaching out to you? Uh, Not really. I was thinking about trying to find one. Yes. Because talking to guys, they said that they could help like having an agent could help you with recruiting. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's sick. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't want that, but I didn't, I didn't really think about like the little things about it until I actually started talking to Rick. Okay. All right, man. So let's, let's move into just these last couple of questions, move away from the baseball field a little bit. Like I said, I like digging into some off the field stuff as we end off the podcast, that way the fans kind of get to know you more than just a ball player. Um, so when it comes to some stuff beyond the baseball field, what would you say some of your passions are uh, when you're not uh, on the field? My passions, I'd probably have to say weightlifting is a huge, I, I, whenever I'm like, in a bad mood or like had a bad day I'll just go work out like that's one thing that's always been there for me so weightlifting's one I you know I love basketball I love playing basketball always have loved watching it but video games like a normal kid I mean who doesn't love playing video games like type thing like that but one thing that I'm not I don't do but I wish I did was play football I've always I've always wanted to play football, but my, my dad won't let me. He don't want me to get hurt. Yeah. It's, so football is pretty big in Nevada when it comes to high school? I mean, it's not very big. It's just always growing up, there was always football on Sundays. You watch college football Saturdays. And then, like, go all through middle school, my sister was big into going to her high school football games. So I went to all those with her. And I – I, I just love football, like playing, playing football with your buddies at the park, just throwing a football around type stuff. That's just super fun for me. Yeah. So, so digging into video games a little bit, what is, uh, what are some of those games that you're playing and are you a, you an Xbox or a PlayStation dude? Uh, I have both, but I'm not, I'm not very good at anything really. So I have one of my, my two big ones are uh, Call of Duty and then MLB The Show. And, like, it's super fun for me because, like, you can just spend time with your buddies or, like, 
guys you don't get like guys from your summer ball team where you don't get to see them, but you play video games with them at night type stuff like that. But it'll be super fun for me. But then I remember that I'm not like, I'm just mediocre at it. And then that can kind of kill the fun sometimes. Yeah, I'm sure. Cause when you're a competitive guy, I mean, it's tough to, it's tough to oh, be yeah. losing. Like I, I didn't play video games for like, I think two and a half years and I played my little brother and he just, I mean, we were playing Madden. He just beat the shit out of me. Like, I mean, I lost like, it was yeah. like 37 to seven and I was, it was pissed. Uh, but no, that's, man. that's my brother. Yeah. Uh, but no, let's move into, I got three final questions for you. Uh, three questions. These are like, like a set questions. I kind of end off the podcast with pretty much everybody. Um, so when it comes to motivations, what is it that kind of gets you up every day just to get out of bed uh, and just kind of win the day every day? What is it that motivates you? Well, the end goal, the end goal of getting drafted, making it to the big leagues, that like just pushes me to do everything I do. Like even in the classroom, like school, school sucks. Nobody likes doing school. Nobody likes being in algebra class and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like as much as you might think that it doesn't benefit you in life, you have to get it done. Like if I want to go play at Texas A&M, I have to have the grades to qualify and all that stuff. Not only baseball, but I have to qualify in the classroom. Yeah. So speaking of that end goal, what is your perfect picture of your life here in 20, 25 years? Um, you're in your upper 30s, lower 40s. What is that perfect picture of everything in your life goes right? Uh, what does that look like? Well, the perfect picture is obviously in the big leagues, successful, had a successful career. We're talking 20 to 25 years, so I'm probably probably on the downfall. But at that point, I'd want to have wife, two kids, like retirement plan, because you got to be getting pretty close to being done with baseball. But always got to have a backup plan. Like the perfect picture for me is like, I'm done with baseball. Okay, whatever. So be it. But there's my perfect picture. I want to have something that I can fall back on. Like my mom was always huge. Like, just don't be like one dimensional with baseball. You always want to have something you can do in case something goes wrong with baseball and you won't be able to play again. So just to have like a backup, like a fallback after I retire, that would be my perfect picture. Okay. So in your mind right now, what is that second dimension when it comes to uh, when baseball comes to an end, like, do you have an idea on a potential other career you'd like to have um, or kind of not put much thought into that yet being a freshman in high school? I've thought about it a little bit and I thought, I just want to stay in baseball. Like I'll go coach a high school team or maybe if I'm lucky coach college or the big leagues, but I just want to be around baseball always. Okay. All right, man. Well, I got one last question here for you before we end off the podcast. Um, so when you do head to Texas A&M's campus um, here in three, three, four years, you're going to get that opportunity to capitalize off your name, image, and likeness. New thing NCAA came out with about a year and a half ago. Um, so when it does come time for that, what would be one dream brand that you would love to either endorse, collaborate with in some way? What would that brand be? Um, I'd have to say Rawlings because growing up, always loved Rawlings gloves. And I think Rawlings is just the best gloves out there. And how cool would that be to have your own like signature Rawlings glove when you're in college or like another one would have to be like Nike, like just a huge brand that always used growing up. And you just look forward to like getting a new pair of cleats or a new glove or stuff like that. That would probably have to be my two biggest ones. Okay. I mean, two, two common answers here on the podcast. I mean, those are always dream brands for pretty much everybody de determining on uh, what you grew up wearing. Uh, but no, man, that's, that's all the questions I got for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. I'll definitely be following you um, these next couple of summers, all the way up to you head to A&M, uh, whatever happens there. If you go pro, if you decide uh, to whatever happens, I will be following your career. Mm -hmm. I always like, I'm always thankful when I get guys on the podcast and always appreciate that. So I always like to follow their careers, kind of see where they go from there. Um, so I'll definitely be following you, get you some podcast merch here at some point as well. Uh, but no, man, just really appreciate you coming on the show. And hopefully I get to see you uh, next summer in either East Cobb, Lake Point, somewhere where uh, somewhere down south when, when I go on my travels to go watch some ballplayers. Hopefully. All right. Thank you for having me.